Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Old, old video. How many of you have seen that video before? Come on, one or two. It's a very old video. I dug into the archives. I remembered it. But it's such a good video explaining to where we want to go today. Now, with technology in our, in our age and, and where we are at, now, it's amazing to see how you can use a camera today with different angles and different locations. You can do amazing videos. You can see things. I mean, with that video this morning, it took you to a mission, and you could experience what the mission team has experienced. And that's amazing what video cameras and cameras can do nowadays. But what if we had a camera that if I point it to you, it shows what you are thinking? How many of you would want to step up if I have a camera like that here today? If I point it to you, it will show your thoughts and what's on, on your mind. Don't worry, we don't have such technology yet. <laughs> but what will it show? Think about it. It will show maybe your family. It will show your business. It will show the challenge you're going through at the moment. It will show things that's on your mind. And what you're pondering about. Now, the theme of my sermon this morning is, what is on your mind? Because it's important to know what is on your mind. What do you think on constantly? Now, when I was um, in, in high school, I think I was just in high school. Pet Shop Boys had a, a hit single that they revived from Elvis called You Are Always On My Mind. Remember that? Maybe I'm the oldest. I'm probably definitely not the oldest here. But it was quite a hit in my time. And every time I hear You Are Always On My Mind, it, it takes me back to the old sockies and the picture boys and, and all those things. But it's so easy to, for sometimes, for something to consume our minds. Am I right? You're just consumed by something sometimes. I remember when, um, when I, was, I was translating from Standard faith now start says. That's uh, grade seven to grade eight. Um, me and my friends all started skateboarding. It was that, that, that time in our lives. Now, I, I grew up in Potchefstroom. There's not a lot of hills and stuff, so you had to be very creative. But man, it really consumed us for a couple of years. Um, I think I, I skateboarded till almost in the trick, and I realized I can't just go on with this. I need to grow up. But it was so consuming that, man, we watched every movie on skateboarding, every magazine on skateboarding. We were, every Friday afternoon, we were in the streets, into town, looking for every little spot where you can do tricks and, and have fun together. It was consuming everything that I thought about. And so many times in my life, I can go through moments in my life how I started playing golf and it just consumed me for so long. It's just, every, I just, that was the only thing I think about. Um, until I started mountain biking, and, and it's still going on, so please pray for me. <laughs> but what if we have a camera and that can, if you point it at someone, it can show the, their thoughts. Well, what if we point that camera at Jesus? What if we point that camera, or such a camera, at Jesus? You see, we get to, to answer that question, we can just read the Gospels. If you point a camera like that at Jesus, what was on his mind was people. And you can just go through the Gospels and you see exactly what consisted of Jesus just thinking on constantly, and it was people. 
Go and read through the Gospels with that in mind to, to see what he was focusing on and what he was constantly thinking about. People. Now just think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, focused on the most important thing, intentional on the most important thing that was people. See, he walked up to fishermen. And all the fishermen had on their mind was fish. And he said, let me tell you what, you're going to have people on your mind for the rest of your life. Follow me. Isn't that amazing? Look at Mark 6 verse 34. It says, Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them. Compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Isn't that amazing? The, the Son of God stepping off a boat with the fishermen and he looked at all the people and he realized, I've got compassion on the people. He had people on his mind constantly. Now all of us have, have wondered about what is our life purpose, right? Have you ever wondered about that? What am I created to do? What is my life purpose? If it's an engineer, then it's an engineer. If it's a, a mechanic, it's a mechanic. But some of the things, it is our life purpose. Now, many people have asked me before, Henny, don't you regret st not staying professionally involved in sport as you've been? Because I could have been involved in coaching and, and managing, and, and there was a lot of opportunities for me. A lot of opportunities. But my answer is always no. And it's a, it's a very easy no. Why? Because I, being lo I love being a pastor. Because I can spend time with people. I love people. I love people. And that's for the rest of my life what I will do. Because I've, that is my life purpose. That is what God has called me to do. You see, it's not about the title, pastor. It's not about the, the cool guy doing the wedding. And a pastor doesn't just have a title and a light shine on him 24-7 and, uh, and people think he's holy all the time. No, it's not about that. <laughs> and it's not true. No, it's just because I love people. I really do. I love to see them grow. I love to see revelation grow in their hearts. I love to see them encounter God. I just love that. I love how God has put us together. And how each and every one of us differ from the other. Even in the toughest moments of Jesus' life, on the cross, in that moment, he had people on his mind. He was hanging on the cross, and he was looking at his mother, and he was wonder, worried that she would be fine. And he looked at John and said, John, look after her. She's now your mother. She is now your son. He was hanging on that cross in the toughest moment of his life, and he had a thief next to him on his mind. He was hanging on that cross in the toughest moment of his life and he had the soldiers that were literally crucifying him on his mind because he said, Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. Just forgive them. I love them. That was on his mind. So let's ask the question. And it's a good question. You know me. I, I love asking questions about why. Why did Jesus have people on his mind all the time? Now, I want to look at three reasons, and it's a, it's a very straightforward sermon this morning, but I hope it, it, it does something in your heart this morning. So we're going to look at three reasons why Jesus had people on his mind. Number one, Jesus knew the heart of the Father. He really knew the heart of the Father. 
More than anyone else, Jesus knew the heart of the Father. You see, everywhere he went, he was trying to reach people. Go and read the Gospels. He was so intentional to reach people, to, to connect with people, to go that way around, do this, to get to people. Now, when we planted this church, and I, I spoke about it earlier, we always had a motto. We love God, and we love people. It's not something that we printed. It's something that we want to live out of our hearts. See, when you know the love of the Father, what happens? It compels you to love others. It just does. You love others. See, Jesus also, also correct, always corrected the Pharisees. Why? Because the Pharisees were always looking at the law and the, 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 all, the, all the stuff that had to happen, the process of the law, when he wanted them to focus on people. So he always corrected them, said, why are you looking at the law and this process and the things? You're missing the people. There was a moment where the, the, the Pharisees were so furious at Jesus because the, the, the disciples was, was harvesting weed on the Sabbath. And they were eating the weed and they were in their hands. You could do this with weed and started eating the kernels. And, and they're like, why? You're working on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, man, just grow up. See, people weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for people. And he tried constantly to sway people's minds. He said, it is not about the law and the religion. It is all about the people that I love. Look at Luke 9.51. Now it come to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, and this is way later on, um, I think after the crucifixion, he had steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and send messages there before his face. Sorry, just before the crucifixion. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to be prepared for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey of Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, do you, uh, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them, and they went to another village. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Jesus comes and said, man, I can see your passion. James, John, come on. Great, but I don't know if you know. You don't know the, you don't know the heart of my Father very well. See, Jesus is also tr always trying to bring them back to the Father's heart. I want you to see my father's heart, my daddy's heart for you. My father, who he is and what he thinks about you. See, sometimes we so focus on a plan or the strategy at hand that we prioritize the process before the people. Ever been caught in that one? My hand is up. So many times we get caught up in a process and doing things and, and you miss the people that is with you. And church, church world is, 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 a, is an easy one to fall in that trap because there's a lot of processes that need to happen. But church is all about what's happening in front of this pulpit, not behind it. It's about the people in church. It's about the people fellowshipping together. That's why we're doing next week with a purpose to fellowship, to come together and laugh and tell stories and get to know each other. See, it's all about the people, not the process, although the process is important. 
I believe that God never cared more about the stuff that had to be done than the one who do the stuff. He's always focused on the one, on you, on us. How many of us are sitting here today that has gone through the process of doubting yourself? Come on, all of us. You're doubting in your, your ability. You're doubting if you will make this. You're doubting in, ooh, should I have done this? Should I, I mean, you, we go through doubting stuff. But how many of us have, have asked a question or just wrestled with the thought that if someone really loves me, ever had that one? Absolutely. Just think about when you were grade six and you had pimples and you thought, is there actually a girl who loves me? <laughs> or a boy? <laughs> You go through moments in, the, in your life like that. Do, actually, do people actually love me? Do they like me? How about the question, do God love me? With all the stuff that I've done. All. So if you struggle with that question, I can tell you right now. That God loves you. Why? Because God is love. He is loving. The Father is just loving. It's part of His character. That's who He is. Nobody can change it. That's who he is. And that's why Jesus knew in his heart that his father, his father loves people. That was his focus. I want to live my father's heart. I want to run with what my father has in his heart. And that is to love people. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm about to give up everything of my deity so that people can be loved. Number two. Three reasons why Jesus had people in mind. Number two is Jesus knew the reality of eternity. He knew the reality of eternity. See, Jesus knew the reality of eternity more than anyone on, that, on this planet. Look what he said in Matthew 25, verse 46. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. You see, if we go through the Gospels, we see that Jesus, more than any other religious leader of that time, spoke about eternal judgment and damnation and eternal life more than anyone else. And if we cut that words out of the Bible, we have to cut a lot, a lot of Jesus' words out of the New Testament. So you spoke about this all the time, about eternity, about where we're going. See, he made it clear that there was, there was and still is an eternity with God or an eternity without God. See, Jesus spoke about eternity very often because it was a reality to him daily. He knew that this is it. If you miss this moment, it is eternity. And I believe that like Jesus believed it. See, if we believe like Jesus believed this, we would speak differently to our neighbors. We would speak differently to our friends. We'll speak differently with the guy you just met. Your attitude will change because you know that people are facing eternity in hell. See, when we die, and it's an inevitable thing, we all will go into eternity one day. But I had to realize from a young age that none of my stuff that I have on earth I can take with me. I can have the greatest MacBook car, whatever house. I can take nothing with me except the person next to me. I can take nothing with me except the people around me. 
And that's a very important thing that we need to realize every day. See, we need to grasp this reality that there will be people around us that will be lost forever. But the greater reality is this, that we can do something about it. That we can do something about it. I can mention something to a friend or mention something to the guy I've seen in the row of checkers for the sixth time. I can do something about it. That's why Jesus changed his travel plans to Samaria. Why? Because he wanted to meet the woman at the well. That's why he told the rich young ruler the truth about the matter. That's why Jesus wept over a city, Jerusalem. Because he knew eternity is on the way. He knew it. Now when we give, no matter how you give, finances, your life, your time, as we give, guess what happens? God uses it to help people. That's what the mission team did. They gave their time, their effort, and God used it to bless people. That's what happens when you step out and trust God. But have you... If you think about it, Jesus said the following. He said this in Matthew 6, verse 19, 21. He said, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moth, where moth eat them and rust destroys them and, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your desire of your heart will also be. That's a tough scripture, isn't it? Because it speaks about our heart. You know the stethoscope thing that we watched? It's all about our heart. What is on your mind will actually come from your heart. So if we would ask you, if I would ask you today, how do your financial account, all affairs, look like? All of us will have an answer. Because all of us have a financial account. Good or bad, doesn't matter. You have one. But what if we had another account? Say a serving account. Serving others in church or maybe serving people at your work. How would that account look like? Can you say, yeah, maybe it's, it's okay. Maybe if there's an account for praying. How's your praying account look like? Or maybe an account to love others. How does that account look like at the moment? Or how about an account for witnessing? You're leading people to Jesus' account. <laughs> Look at Matthew 10. Matthew 10, 16 to 18 says, Behold, I send you out as a sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the council and scourge you in the synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to Gentiles. And I know Jesus said that this, this to his disciples. But he says this to us as well today. It says, you will be condemned. People will tell you, you weird Christian. See, we all, we all need to be honest with ourselves. What really compels us in our heart to tell others about Jesus? What compels us to reach out to others? See, there really, is a, there really is a heaven and a hell. We don't have to think about it or discuss it. There is a heaven and a hell. We just need to step out and ask people that question. 
Now, before you go on to any, whoa, you're stepping on my toes here, and I know everybody of us, all of us, it's not extreme bold evangelists. We're not all Peter-like characters. Like, I'm a relational evangelist. <laughs> I love relationship, and from a relational point of view, not Stephen, yeah, he's not, he's a, and that's fine. But not all of us is like that. But this is how I see it. Every little thing you do, does it bring that person one step closer to the Father? Do it bring them one step closer? You don't have to grab them by the hair and get their eyes into the Bible and say, you repent right now in Jesus' name. No, you don't do that. Please don't do that. We love people to God. We love them to God. And every little thing, maybe see people, wave at him. Hey man, how? An encouraging moment. Maybe some, sometimes pay their lung, paying their lunch. Sometimes maybe just say, hey man, God loves you. And if they look at you and, and you can see, they say, you weirdo. That's fine. It's fine. We love them. What, are, what compels you to do something to get people one step closer to God? See, Jesus knew the reality of eternity. And therefore, he focused on people all the time. That was his focus. Then number three, Jesus knew the potential of people. I love this one the most. He loves the potential. He knew that every person on this planet have a potential. Let's go to a story that, that we probably only see in, in kids' church, but... Let's read together, Luke at 19. And when Jesus came to, to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down from that tree, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste, came down, and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, who is them? All the people who said all the negative things. When they saw it, they all complained, saying, man, he has gone to be with a be guest with a man who is a sinner. Isn't it incredible to see how radically inclusive Jesus was? Man, he's just he didn't care. I didn't care who you are, I'll include you. You see, the people could be rich, poor, forgotten, hurting. They could be black, white, brown, they could be from different nations, different ethnicities ethnicities thank you <laughs> you see it just didn't matter to Jesus he didn't care he just want to include people I want to include you I want to show you more that I love you I want to include you and see we we need to strive to be like Jesus in this way it doesn't matter where a person comes from or where they're going or what they're going through we need to see them the way Jesus see them we need to see them. I ask God all the time. Because listen, <laughs> iron sharpens iron. People offend each other. People, no, not everybody likes each other. And that's okay. But I pray all the time, said, Lord, help me to see them through your eyes. Help me to see people the way you see them. I won't be perfect. And God didn't make perfect people. He loves us perfectly. Look at Look at Luke 19, verse 8. It says, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord. Now this is what has been happening. He said, Lord, 
look, Lord, I gave half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by accusation, I restore fourfold. Now listen, isn't this amazing? This guy was seen among the whole community as a thug, a thief, a sinner. I think people walked circles around this guy. Because he was a tax collector. He wanted your money. And here Jesus comes, calls him out of a tree. He saw the curiosity and he had compassion on him. Calls him out, said, I'm eating with you today. And the, the presence of God came and changed him instantly. Instantly to such a degree that said, I'm giving everything away. Not everything. I'm giving fourfold back what I stole. We see, who else, who else than Jesus could see generosity in a greedy person? <laughs> who else than Jesus? When a, when a sinner walks in and says, man, I just see potential in you. Where everybody saw Zacchaeus as greedy, Jesus saw generosity because Jesus was looking for potential in everyone. Who else could see purity in a prostitute called Mary? Who else could see boldness and leadership, leadership in, a, in an impulsive fisherman called Peter? Who else can see true potential in you and in me? Jesus can. That's his heart. He knew it. Do you know what Jesus thinks when he looks at us? Looks at you, looks at me? Do you know what he thinks? And I'm just paraphrasing. I think he thinks, he says, all things are possible with this person and my power. All things. He looks at each and every one of you and he thinks, man, everything is possible if I add my power to that. Everything. And you can sit there and you can think, oh, I'm not worthy, Lord. I'm not spiritual enough. I can't do this. I can't go there. I can't reach out. I can. God says, but you don't have to be able to. I'm just giving you power. I'm giving you the ability. I'm sending you. I'm equipping you. I'm loving you to that point. Are you ready? Are you willing? See, you can, you can give a, shol, a soldier the best weapons, the best gear, but he needs to decide to walk onto the battlefield. So God waits for willing souls to say, I'm willing, Lord. I don't know how, but I'm willing. I'm willing to love people. See, so you're looking and listening this morning at a man, at a person who grew up very shy. Yeah, me. I grew up very shy. I was one of those people that didn't speak a lot. I never said much. Very phlegmatic in a, in a personality. I was the guy who, if you throw me into a big room with a lot of people, I would be the quiet one listening. You're looking at a, a guy who was mocked at school for mumbling. But my friends, I even can hear them today, they're shouting, Don't puke, speak, man. You're looking at a man who, who were told by good, great leaders, You're not a preacher. You won't preach. But you're good in the one on one meetings. Stick to that. See, what I'm saying is that no matter what a person is struggling with or in bondage of, or, they just need Jesus. Man. 
He'll take care of it. See, Jesus saw potential in everyone and treated people differently than any other religious leader of his time. Any other religious leader. And guess what? That's why people wanted to hang around with him. They wanted to hang out with him. You didn't see people flocking around the Pharisees. Man, look, the cool guys are here. Then tell us something. No, they're just like, ooh, the Pharisees are here. They're going to they're gonna shout at us or scorn at us. They're going to say something negative. No, Jesus was different. They wanted to hang out with him. You see, God's son came to earth, and the sinners wanted to hang out with him. That's how non-religious Jesus was. <laughs> he was just normal. But as soon as he opened his mouth, there was words of life that flowed from it. And I believe he was a super encourager. He encouraged everyone. He called out the potential in them. That's really something I can confirm. You know, As a pastor, it's sometimes tough to tell people, so Eddie, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And immediately everything changed. That little mask comes up. Hallelujah, brother. <laughs> I've been cycling with friends for six years, and they've never asked me what I do. They always thought, I'm just an athletic coach or something. And then one day, I said, hey, any, how was your church service? And you will see the guys like, what? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. And then suddenly you see, it's like, they are, they don't know what to do because they've been cursing and just being themselves. <laughs> and I would immediately look at him and say, no, 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 don't change who you are. I love who you are. Man, I, I, I like you. Don't change because this is what I do. I love you. And immediately the relationship goes from here to there. Because love came in. Jesus was a non-religious, loving leader where people wanted to hang out with him, where the greediest of the greedy climbed into a tree just to see him pass by. Now there's a church statistic that is, it's an old statistic, and I think it might have changed a little bit in the, in the last time, but the statistic is quite scary. It says that the longer a Christian is saved, the less they witness. And, and it's quite scary. The longer we are saved, the less we witness. And I would love to see that statistic change in my lifetime. I don't know about you. It should be the opposite. The longer you save, the more you need to be bold. The more you grow in your relationship with God, the more you're discipled, and the more you step out. When I heard this message the first time, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to reach out. I remember I was a young um, campus uh, missionary. I was in ministry. I thought, okay, I need to be an example here. So every time I go, this time we actually drew money from the teller, which not, not many do it nowadays. But every time I was in a teller or at the, the shopping mall or at Checkers, I'm in a row and I would start looking because I was intentional. Okay, who's behind me? Who's in front of me? I said, Lord, what do you want to do? <laughs> and it's like, man, I'm shaking inside and then sometimes I just help the guy in front or I'll turn around and say hey man it's a lovely day isn't it and I just spark conversation and in a minute or two you, it's amazing how you can see how God just connects you so, and I was just like man it's amazing and I would turn around and say have a lovely day man come on and sometimes God says won't you pay his groceries and I was like oh. <laughs> Lord I'm already using my credit card but okay zap and God just bless he blesses me if I give him the opportunity. 
When I call potential out of people, and you don't have to say, I'm going to call potential out of you right now. Are you ready? Okay, stand around. <laughs> now you just encourage them. Man, you look good today. Come on, man. You just, are you gymming? What are you, I mean, it's stuff like that that encourage people. So maybe you hear this message this morning, and you might be thinking, and let's just be honest with each other. You hear this message and you say, Hini, man, I hear you. Jesus had people on his mind. But I'm not Jesus. Can I tell you a truth? You're right. But we need to remember that he is in us. He's in you. Jesus is in you. And listen to what he said. Now I want to finish with this. 1 Corinthians 2, 19, or 16 says, For you, for... Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. So if we have the mind of Christ, you don't have to be Jesus to love people. We have Him inside of us. We have the mind of Christ. As soon as you step over to that line and say, Lord, I'm giving over my old life. I'm going to step into a new life. Yes, I'm going to have issues in my life. That's fine. That's okay. There's grace for it as I grow and mature in God. But Lord, thank you that I've got your mind. Whatever you had on your mind, which is people, I'm going to have on my mind. I'm going to step out and I'm going to love people. I'm going to love them more than I've ever loved anyone. And if I don't know how to love them, I'm just going to trust you because I've got you inside of me. I've got you on, I've got the mind of Christ. So I want to encourage you today. As you step out and three reasons why Jesus knew the Father's heart. He knew the, the reality of eternity. And he called potential out of people. That's why he loved people. He wanted them to see who God is in their lives. He wanted them to see how much the Father loved them. He wanted them to see that, man, I'm giving you everything so that you can step into eternity forever with me. But don't miss this moment. And then I want you to see the potential in your life to never doubt that. Never doubt that I love you. Never doubt that I've been calling you for more in your life. Just the normal purpose you're living out. You can be a taxi driver and that's your purpose in life. But the love of God can touch people while you're driving that taxi. God loves you. And He loves you because he just loved people. He created us. You remember? We did a series a long time ago. You know why there's one reason why God created us? For relationship. He wanted to have relationship with us so much that He created us. And if you look at Adam and Eve, God loved to walk with them in the garden every morning, every evening. He wanted to have relationship with them all the time. He didn't change. Adam and Eve's sin didn't change God's relationship that He wanted with us. Let's stand together and let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for, the, for just knowing that you love us more than anything else, that you love people. That was your plan all the time, Father. And that you knew from the beginning before you came to earth, before you gave up your deity, before you got crucified, you knew that you love us as your people. And Lord, I pray this morning that as we speak about this topic, that you switch something on in our hearts this morning that we will love people without limits. 
without conditions. And Lord, where it's, where it's tough in some instances, will you help us, Father? Will you help us? We're not perfect. We want to grow in you, Father. We want to grow in, in, in being a witness for you, Father. Pulling people one step closer to you every day. Will you come and change our hearts this morning, Father? Will you drop a little seed in our hearts this morning so that our focus will shift and we will look at people differently? Lord, may there be an excitement in our hearts to spend eternity with you. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.